0: The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free.
1: Great to be with you, Darren. Hear here me out on this one today because I think there's a lot to unpack in it. I think it's, okay. it's an interesting one. I've also got a, um, a comment that came in question from one of our listeners that I'd like to share as well.
0: Okay. Can we just remind people that I, have to, I don't know what you're going to say, what you've got there. It's completely spontaneous, which I, I, I much prefer. I think it's the best way to do this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if you do have questions or comments that you'd like to share, it's spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Uh, do write in. We'd love to share them on the show as part of what we're doing here. So this person starts, feel like I'm fifty percent spiritual. Okay. To me, that's what they get say, spirituality is about healing, trauma, cultivating self awareness, aligning oneself with truth, dropping your mask, and embracing connection to humanity and the world. That is the fifty percent that I believe in. Then you have the long list of unfalsifiable claims that defines the other fifty percent reincarnation, pantheism, psychic powers, numerology, synchronicity, star seeds, etc. It's impossible to prove these things are false. And as a person who has experienced psychotic breaks due to past trauma, they are distortions of reality which promote magical thinking. Does anyone else seriously question these beliefs and focus instead on just a personal journey of growth and healing? Thank you very much. So I think there's a lot in there. There really is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we can start with, um, you know, this, this person is kind of saying, well, um, they kind of just want to throw out the reincarnation, the psychic powers, the new model, the synchronicity, Stasi and stuff because they feel that these are unfalsifiable. And maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, how would you begin to prove these to yourself, either through experience or logic or intuition?
0: Well, let me pick one of those out, which is psychic powers. Mm. Um, And that's something I've done. Uh, I realized, and and the reason I wrote a book called Unlock Your Psychic Powers, 30 years ago this year, actually, still in print... Uh, which is great, and not just in this country. Uh, but the reason I did that is because I realised by then that I'd already been teaching for some while, and that until people experienced it themselves, they, they never really knew. Mm. So most evidence that people seek is sort of observable uh, evidence under so-called scientific conditions. Right. But spiritual evidence can be gleaned by the individual themselves, if they have the correct approach, let's put it that way. Now, this, in, this person who wrote this mentioned they'd had psychotic incidents. Right. So, I mean, there is a warning definitely about psychic powers and mental health. And I think we've covered it before on the Spiritual Freedom Show more than once um, because you've got to be able to tell the difference between imagination and genuine psychic powers one thing i always say to people when i've I've taught many people actually to to give psychic readings even going back some years you've got to be able to say three words i don't know Mm. it's not a competition you aren't there to prove yourself to people if they don't believe you it's fine who cares really but you've got to know and if you don't know you say i don't know you don't and, I, and I've been on the radio with psychics who felt the need to be able to answer every question. And somehow, if they can't answer every question, then they have failed as a psychic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you haven't. There's some things you're given. There's some things you're not given. There's some things you're not meant to be given. But I do come back to somebody, and I do think you need to be of, um, in a good mental condition, let's say, or a reasonably good mental condition. To do this because there is a danger of course of uncontrolled imagination and people who think they're hearing voices who aren't and the many things we know of but if you are of uh, should we say balanced mind when you do it and you are focused and you're using concentration that's vital to concentrate it's not stressed nearly enough you will experience it it's it is I think the word there was unfalsifiable. I'm not sure whether that's what was meant exactly. Not sure. Uh, whether that, whether the person means that you can't really deny, you can't prove it wrong.
1: Mm. Um,
0: of course you can prove it wrong when people say things that are facts that turn out not to be facts. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing it yourself, what, and, and let's talk about the very best thing you could do, namely healing, mm. which is a psychic ability, actually. Yeah, and is described as such in The Nine Freedoms. Um, It's also described as the best release from psychic frustration, because we all have psychic frustration. Uh, You will then experience the energy as a thing. You'll know, and in time, you'll know that when you're focused on healing, the energy in the palms of your hands might be very hot, might be uh, kind of tingling, might be a number of things, but it's much more powerful when you're focused on it and when you switch off, which you need to be able to do, switch on and switch off, in all psychic work, it's less powerful. might not go completely, but it, it, it's a different feeling. Mm-hmm. You can register these things, but I would sort of put it as if you like your own spiritual laboratory. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, the
1: exact words. exactly. So, yeah, yeah.
0: It's a test. Don't worry if you don't know straight away. In fact, that's probably a good thing. Mm. Just give yourself time. Try it out. But in time... With all these things, I mean, there's there's another thing which is recommended in in the nine freedoms, something that a person can do, uh, which will affect them psychically. Um, I think it's called psychic. Man can do this. Is practice, which of course, man is the old fashioned man. By mm. the way, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's you know it's not uh, the way we use the word now. It's all people, male, female, and so on. But um, is what we would call breathing exercises, but what it really is, is the control of the universal life force, is control of prana. That's something else you can feel, and that's a psychic experience you can have. And then you'll have, if you go down this route, psychic vision. You might have, you might have psychic hearing. You're not here, if you do have, psych, and that's something I've developed, you're not hearing a physical voice, but you are, you're getting thoughts which are moulded by, a, if you like, the mind's ear mm-hmm. as opposed to the mind's eye. Mm. It's moulded by a sound, an intonation. If, for example, you were to be able to receive, I don't know, a communication from John Lennon, let's take a famous person. I'm not saying you should do this or that you will do this, but if you, if it did happen and you were clairaudient, you had psychic hearing, you wouldn't just get some thoughts coming into your brain, which you're receiving, they're not yours, and you can tell the difference there with that too. Mm. You would hear perhaps a Liverpudlian accent. You, you'd be a familiar... Or oh, let's say Winston Churchill, mm. another famous one. But you'd have the intonation of the way he spoke and so on would come to you in your mind's ear,
1: as it were. You, um, I remember... We, we were talking in the past and you shared an experience of receiving a poem once. And I think that was a great illustration of being able to distinguish between, you know, what's your own thoughts and what's going yeah. on inside of you.
0: Yes, exactly. So this is another, this is just an example mm. um, which doesn't, isn't proof to anybody other than me or people who know me, who know I wouldn't make it up. But anyone could say, I've just made the story up, so it's not proof. <laughs> but this happened Uh, quite early on when I was channeling I got got a a poem now I got this I think somewhere between three and maybe five minutes that length of time and was writing it down quite quickly I don't enter trance when I do channeling Um, I think that trance should not be used at all in channeling, this might be a bit controversial, unless you can enter somadic trance. Oh, right. That's my opinion. That's probably going even further maybe than Dr. King went, although I think that's the implication of what he mm. meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he, of course, did enter Somadic trance, hence he, he received the nine freedoms and other teachings. But in my case, I don't do that, so I, I'm, I'm receiving it. It's very difficult. You've got to concentrate so much that all you're thinking about is the words You might be hearing it as well, which is another way of identifying it's not coming from you. It's coming from outside of you. You're not in a relaxed, vague uh, state where you just switch your mind off and see what happens. Not Mm. at all. Mm. You're very intensely focused, and you're focusing only on the words. And the, the reason I mentioned that is, you're right. I was writing these words down very quickly without thinking what they really meant. Okay. And I wrote them down. And when I finished, I later became aware of who had given them to me these words, um, and neither of them were people I'd heard of. One was called William Davenant, and the other was called Fuke Greville. And I, I mean, although I, I did study, you know, Shakespeare and Ben Jonson. Some people, those are kind of lesser-known poet-stroke playwrights. From that same seventeenth century period, so i hadn 't heard their names before, so that 's one little thing you you, you you know you think, okay, that person does did exist, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- what was the key was that when I actually looked at this poem, it rhymed now to 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 do anyone who 's written songs or poetry with rhymes in them knows you 've got to stop and Think of a rhyme sometimes. Now, what can rhyme with joy, boy, you know, whatever. Mm. There was none of that going on. I was just getting the words, writing them down. In the end, they, 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 they rhymed. Uh, they were in, in couplets that rhymed. And then uh, I think it was couplets, either every other line or every two lines. I'm not sure which, but it's published, actually, this poem in God's Guides mm. and Guardian Angels. Then I found that it was, uh, looking this up, in iambic tetrameters, which, again, I didn't know that phrase, but um, some vaguely heard of iambic somewhere. Yeah. But that was a form that was used in the 17th century. And then some of the words in there, um, for example, knave, they weren't words I didn't know. They were just words I wouldn't use. Mm. But I found they were all 17th century, some of these unusual words, 'er ne'er-do-wells, and and this type of phrase, yeah. Yeah. And so... I could not, I mean, absolutely could not have sat down between three and five minutes and ended up with a rhyming poem in iambic tetrameters with 17th century language (laughs) and then get the names of the people who gave it. That would be completely impossible. Mm. So I know that was genuine. I'm not saying it's the greatest poem ever given. Actually, it's a very nice poem, but it was to me, if I needed it, absolute proof. And I must admit, with psychic things, I do like to get proof, but it's proof for myself. Right, right. And, you know, I've I've had people... I'll give you an example, though. I I ran a workshop at a festival for mind-body-spirit, and we did some uh, psychometry. This is a very good way to develop psychic powers. And what I did, I brought some rocks back from uh, somewhere. I didn't tell people where these rocks came from, and we distributed them among the audience, about 150 people there. They were all, there were plenty, they had rocks. One person in the audience, as I asked what feedback they got, and it was, you know, vaguely like the sea, the this, the that, you could think, okay, fine. One person said, Damer Bay. Now, that's a fairly small beach in Cornwall, and that's where the rocks came from. Wow. And this was a person who wasn't claiming to be a psychic. Yeah. They'd walked into a workshop. And, that's just the, the, and they the got the bay. From wow. And the odds are that even with 150 people of anyone getting them, and they could have come from anywhere in Britain. That's one in a million. Or yeah. even okay. not, not a bay. They could have come from London yeah. for all anyone knew. Wow. So it's things like that. Those things happened uh, quite a lot. I'll, I'll just give another example. I was giving a, a workshop um, once and I was in someone's home running it. And, and the hosts were there, and while I was talking about guides um, giving messages, a phone rang, and the host "I'm so sorry, I thought I'd unplugged that phone," and went over and picked it up, and had a look at it. There was nobody there, and found that he had unplugged it, <laughs> okay. but it rang, yeah. and that was his. You know, these these are things. I mean, yeah. these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I do think psychic powers can be proved to you as it won't prove it to anyone else because somebody watching this could say, well, that's a good yarn. Richard yeah, yeah. Lawrence has come up with there. Yeah. Where's the evidence? Where's the proof, et cetera. Fair enough. I'm not interested in that, actually. What I'm interested in doing is helping people and what we're interested in, not just me,
1: to get their own proof. Exactly. And you can get it. Exactly. I think that's great. You know, one other thing, um, just on... Just uh, going back to this original thing that really struck me, actually, as I thought about it again, is a lot of the things they talk about, which is the 50% that they can accept, are actually more about psychology than they are about spirituality. He's talking about, like, cultivating self-awareness, dropping your mask, um, healing trauma. You know, all those things are actually, that's your personal psychological development. Whereas these other things that we're talking about is developing psychic powers and whatnot. That's going one step further, I believe, and that's and people find some people find that difficult to accept because they don't really understand. Well, how is it even possible? Yeah, but for what I would say though, this person says I think they're fifty percent spiritual. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: that's a lot more than most people. That's true. That's, that's true. I mean, that's a, you, that's something you is can a work with. great personal
1: awareness and all Just
0: that. Just get one more percent, and you're over the barrier then, and you're on your way. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well on your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I don't want to make light of it, but. Sure. Um, Of course, people are, are, all of us, none of us are 100%. My goodness, Mm -hmm. me. Uh, It's all building and building and building, and and it will grow and grow and grow, and and you'll realize more and more and more, and as we do realize more and more, and we go more down that line. And another thing I'd say, too, is that you could be doing some fairly ordinary menial task or profession, which you have to do to earn money or whatever, and it could be part of your spiritual life. Mm. It's not like I'm now spiritual. It's 5 p.m. or well, yeah. t- 6 p.m. I'm, I'm off duty. Now I can be spiritual. This is a 24-hour-a-day thing, including in your sleep. That's a point that's made several times oh, yeah. in here by Mars Sector 6. How do you explain psychic
1: powers, I guess, yeah. briefly?
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they are part of the journey, and they'll come in one way or another, um, depending on the path we're on. So to one person, it might be in a you know, vision of Virgin Mary. To another person, it might be a, a dakini, uh, which is a you know an Eastern oh, yeah. yogic a concept. It, there are many, many ways you can have this. The so it's a light in the third eye that they're seeing may not actually be the third eye, but it's the beginnings of starting to see the third eye. There are so many ways you can have psychic powers. But what I would say is this. There will come a time for all of us, When we will have to develop psychic... There's a great paradox here, actually, Mm. and Dr. King explains it brilliantly. We develop psychic powers in order to give them up.
1: Mm.
0: Now, let me be clear here. Psychic powers that help others should not be given up. They're there to be used. If you develop great powers of healing, great powers of prayer, and prayer isn't just like... you know, People don't realise that prayer is something you can develop. Mm. You know that. I know that. It's not a passive, neutral thing that as long as you say a certain form of words, even if you're kind of yawning when you say them, it's still going to be the same. No. It's a skill. It's what energy, what power, what focus you put behind it. These things can all be developed. So they won't be given up. But there'll come a moment where in order to move on to even higher stage than psychic powers, you have to let them go. You have to even let inspiration go. It could be a really great inspiration, by the way, a very powerful one. You could be having very good prophetic powers at that moment, but that's not your intent. So it's not necessarily you're giving up bad things. There'll come a point where you have to give up even these good abilities to move on to something even greater. In this book, in The Fourth Freedom, it's described as the transmutation of mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition Mm -hmm. that's from memory you can check me on i think those are the words but this is the point you reach when you're about to enter enlightenment Mm -hmm. and then you have to let even that go it all has to go psychic powers even inspiration this is what makes it something even greater shall we say than the great creative geniuses of history who didn't reach that stage. I'm not saying none of them did, but those who didn't. Mm -hmm. They're still tied to the mentality of their genius. It's a great thing, great literature, great music, great art, great science, in many ways. But there will come a point where to really, as it were, move into enlightenment, to know God, to really bring about the highest realizations, even that will have to go will have to be detached from. So it's a strange paradox. You develop psychic powers in terms of your own progression, almost so that you can get to the stage where you move beyond them. Yeah. But as I say, what's more important is service. That's the main, main thing, more important even than our own development, by a long shot. That's a big theme in the nine freedoms. Mm. And psychic powers, let's look at it this way. If you're more intuitive, you'll make better decisions. Yeah you'll be able to help others who want to listen to you Mm. to make better decisions. If you're able to see more uh, about a person clairvoyantly or clairaudiently, again, you can help them more if they wish to be helped by you. Um, And particularly, you can heal better. So they are abilities that can be used in service. There'll come a point where if if they're just development things, they can go, really. Mm. You've done that. You've been there you've got to your stage, they've got to be used in service. But as I I want to stress, at some point, though, you'll need to move even beyond
1: that. Yeah, I think it's a great glimpse into um, the future of what we can Mm -hmm. develop, but yes, that we can develop them, number one, but that at some point we move beyond them and then we have these outstanding experiences that you just described. I thought we'd finish here with um, a question that someone wrote into the show, which I think relates back to these experiences that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. And um, see what you think about this. Mm. So they say, hi, maybe you can explain what this means. I awoke abruptly in the middle of the night and witnessed a gold-coloured light extended around the perimeter of my body, followed by the sensation of being pulled out of my body.
0: Hmm. Well, I can't be dogmatic, so I'm going to try and sort of tune in a bit to this Mm. person because it could mean different things. First of all, it sounds to me to be a good thing. Gold is the most... Wonderful spiritual. Mm. It symbolises the essence of, of, of the the ancients would say Brahma, wisdom, if you like. In the you know, it's a it's a wonderful thing. So it doesn't sound like and doesn't sound like any kind of interference. So if that's the case, it would either be they were being pulled out by themselves, but they didn't necessarily feel like that, or there's a guide there an angel, depending on what you want to call it, someone from another realm who's friendly and helpful, trying to help you to leave your body. Because mm. that's what one does when one sleeps. Very often, one leaves one's body and has an experience, an out-of-body or experience or an astral projection. And maybe this person was being helped to do it for a particular reason. Maybe there was somewhere for them to go I at see. that moment and somebody wanted them to go there, or they knew they had to go there, so there was a bit of urgency to it, hence the feeling of being pulled out. Having said that, when you do first, and, and this is very common, uh, I saw a poll once which was, I think, something like 10% of people have had an, an out-of-body experience, and that was in Britain at the time, um, you know, which they remember. It could even be a higher figure than that. This isn't you know, just a few cranks. This is um, millions of people yeah, around the world.
1: The that's millions. Yeah. About, yeah.
0: Um, and it, it, it's something that can happen to you. Um, and you're just lying in bed at night, and suddenly, rather than just closing your eyes and go to sleep, you actually feel yourself. You're looking down at your body. Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be people watching this now who'll say, Yeah, that's happened totally. to me. They may have never told anyone. And this is what's happening you're leaving your body uh, to, to, in order to go about some other experiences. So, dreams are very misunderstood. And sometimes nobody misunderstands dreams more than dream interpreters.
1: <laughs> and on that note, we'll bring it to the to close. Thank you Thank again, you. Richard.